0: Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is the number one podcast for men in their 40s who want to improve their health through nutrition and fitness. This is episode 96, and on today's episode, we welcome back Dal Pinnock, AKA The Medicinal Chef. And today, we're gonna to be speaking about understanding metabolic health and how we can improve it. But before we get into that today's episode, I wanna take a moment to mention the show sponsors, Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is formulated with 75 vitamins, minerals and carefully selected for high potency and bioavailability. Athletic Greens, because it is in a powder form, is more bioavailable than pill-based supplements. It's kind of like an insurance policy. Now, I'm a big advocate of getting all of our nutrients from real food, but with our hectic lifestyles, this isn't always possible. And I take Athletic Greens on a daily basis to ensure I'm getting all of the nutrients that I need, and Athletic Greens is offering the listeners of the show a 10% discount off their first order. So head over to athleticgreens.com forward slash fitter healthier dad to get ten percent off your first order. So let's crack on with the show. Hi, Dal. Thanks very much for coming back onto the podcast today. How are you?
1: I'm good. Yeah, kind of uh, just about staying sane in all this uh, yeah. this madness. <laughs> sort of hoping for that, that that glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah. If they not if if you know, if they don't keep on moving the goalposts like they do. Um, yeah. expecting expect a zero COVID world they'll be bitterly disappointed <laughs> yeah. and we'll never come out of our houses. But there we go. There we go.
0: Yeah, it is what it is. I think, don't is think any is. of us expected to be here a year later, did we, really? No, um, no not at all. But uh, no. So I'm really pleased that you agreed to come back on today because the, the topic that I want to discuss today really um, is about metabolic health. Yes. Um, and it's a topic which I believe that in the current climate, isn't being spoken about enough in relation to the virus yeah but i think at a fundamental level i believe that awareness needs to be raised about this and i think we need to be taking it a lot lot more seriously so that when situations like this uh, arise again which they will Mm -hmm. you know we have the tools if you like and the knowledge to be able to deal with it so yeah it'd be good to kind of kick off and get your views on it and where you where you feel that we need to kind of raise our awareness
1: yeah I mean it's it's interesting because if if you look at what was actually plaguing our health service pre-covid yeah it was type 2 diabetes cardiovascular disease and obesity related issues okay those things all point to poor metabolic health. They're all markers of poor metabolic health. And it's something that is certainly Absolutely, epidemic proportions in the Western world. So many people tend to have the, the these kind of clusters. Um, they 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 have several markers of metabolic disease. You know, it's very often to find people that have got like raised triglycerides and cholesterol, high blood pressure, um, increase in waist circumference, maybe um, elevated HbA1c when you actually look at their blood levels. H- HbA1c is glycosylated hemoglobin. It's like a measure of how high blood sugar has been over a long snapshot of time, rather wow. than just taking like a, a normal um, blood glucose test, which tells you what's going on at that moment. Someone could have yeah. just had a chocolate bar. Um, it's a snapshot into how well blood sugar is being managed. When you see people with all of those kind of issues together, it's a sign of poor metabolic health. And these are things that were plaguing the health service before COVID. Yeah. Now COVID has really shone a light on it because when you take away the um, the, the very, very elderly and frail, when mm-hmm. you take away people that have underlying respiratory issues like very severe asthma, COPD, bron- you know, kind of um, other bronchial issues, when you when yes. you take all of those controls out of the way, when you control for those, the remaining group that fares the worst and generally is responsible for the, the deaths in the younger people, say, say 45, 50-plus, are people with one or more markers of metabolic disease yeah Genuinely you'll find that they're overweight or obese a lot of them with kind of high blood pressure or cardiovascular issues tend to fare very very badly and <clears throat> there's certainly quite a lot with type 2 diabetes so so it really shone a light on how important it is and, and how how potentially damaging it is because what happens is when I mean when, when we get infected with any kind of pathogen Mm -hmm. we have an initial acute inflammatory response that area that becomes infected where the pathogen manages to invade whether it's something that comes in our splinter whether it's a uh, uh, an airborne virus whatever the area where infection takes place there's like um, a, a distress call released yep. in that tissue and there's there's a group of chemicals like these these communication proteins basically called cytokines right Dif- different cytokines carry different messages at that acute stage there's an alarm call the call is sent out by means of cytokines and cytokines in that local area cause inflammation what happens is blood vessels dilate really really widely and when they dilate widely little gaps start to open up in the vessel walls and some fluid can start to, to, right. to kind of leach out into the area. That's where the swelling comes from and also the heat from the enhanced circulation. And that's done so that white blood cells that hear the call of um, the, the, the cytokines, they hear that distress call, the white blood cells of the immune system can move to that site of infection and squeeze through the little gaps and get straight to where the pathogen is um, starting to cause trouble that initial acute stage in covid is hard for even a healthy body to deal with i mean you have seen people even even the people that you know the worst that happens to them is they get like 10 days in bed even those people certainly aren't having a good time nice. they say it really kind of knocks the stuffing out of them they say you know that it's like it's it's like flu on steroids it's really yeah. really quite quite severe but when someone's got that state of poor metabolic health they have a chronic inflammatory baseline anyway yeah even in that state already creates a, a quite notable inflammatory load when you deliver that kind of very aggressive acute inflammatory response that covid delivers onto a backdrop of chronic inflammation yeah. people can move into what's called a cytokine storm that initial because basically what happens in in the acute phase you get that initial rush of cytokines, like pro-inflammatory cytokines that inflammatory response occurs the immune system gets there starts to deal with the infection in the in the local area and then as it starts to deal with the infection a different group of cytokines are released and inflammation starts to tone down right. but in 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 the, these people that are getting a cytokine storm with covid infection because they've got that that like baseline of uh, inflammatory load underneath that pro-inflammatory cytokine cascade just keeps going and going and going and going and, yeah. going, and going and just and raising up and up and up and up and you're getting all of these like severe acute inflammatory issues in multiple tissues i mean obviously the uh, the the lungs and the respiratory tracts get damaged but you're seeing excessive clotting in multiple organs and mul- multiple systems yeah. you're seeing damage to to the kidneys to um, you know, tissues in the digestive tract, it's very, very, it's it's almost like a, a systemic wave of inflammation. Yeah. So what this what this pandemic has done has really shone a spotlight on the importance of metabolic health. And the thing is, it's it's something that is so incredibly responsive to diet and lifestyle. <laughs>
0: yeah, and this is the thing, right? This is the thing. I'm so glad you said that because all of the stuff that you was explaining up front in terms of, the various different underlying conditions which are kind of stacking on each other apart from obesity, the rest of it, unless you're continually testing yourself, you really don't know whether or not you have those responses unless they're extreme. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, The, the the resolution to a lot of this is, like you say, diet and lifestyle. Now, there, there are some extreme cases. I've followed some doctors in America who have had COVID, who've documented their, their conditions, and they're completely fine. Some of them are even training. But these people are continually testing themselves. So they know where they're at from a metabolic standpoint. Yeah. But the ordinary you know population like us, I think our biggest um, tool, if you like, is the lifestyle and nutrition. And Mm. I just think that we've just lost, we've absolutely lost what this is. And I I did did a video recently about a guy that I'm working with, who is an NHS nurse, who has had multiple conditions. And the thing is he's on the vaccination program, right? And he's working 12, 13 hours a day. Mm. He's got these conditions and uh, very kindly, the um, pharmaceutical company that are providing the pharmaceuticals are bringing them in food to help them, okay, mm. through these long hours. But they're bringing them in pizza. <laughs> so, on one hand, you've got you've got the guy that's kind of trying to put out the fire, and on yeah. the other hand, they're just fueling it.
1: Yeah. And I and
0: I know some people criticise me from what I'm saying in terms of you know I'm kind of oversimplifying <laughs> it, but I'm not. I don't believe I am. And you know this is why I kind of wanted you on there to kind of to really you know take it back to basics, mm. lifestyle and nutrition. You know, and I believe also as parents we have an absolute responsibility to start telling our children about this.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and obviously on generally you kind of find that that, that children tend to. Do what people they look up to do, rather than what they're told to do. So yeah. if you're, I mean, I, I haven't got kids, I've I've got a cat that will do me fine. Um, <laughs> but, but they, rather than being told, yeah, when they actually follow your lead, when you're actually setting that example for them, then they mm-hmm. they they gravitate towards it. That's that's what I've found with a lot of people that I've worked in the worked with in the past. But yeah, you're right with that one. Um, it's 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 a bizarre thing because if we just get back to a, a kind yeah. of a a diet and lifestyle that we're designed to be living those issues, generally there are a couple of in- instances where there may be a genetic issue and people say, Oh, you know, these things run in my family. But then I, I will say, well, Genes load the gun; the environment pulls the trigger. But that's like a, a different discussion. You know, it's, it's always gene environment interactions. Um, when we get back to kind of living the lifestyle that we were designed to, i.e., being more active, eating whole foods, yeah, a lot of those kind of issues can just start to improve drastically, and in many cases disappear. I've worked with a lot of type two. Diabetics. I mean, we need to. It's we've got we've got to say it just because there, there will be at least one type one diabetic that will get upset with us, yeah. And they'll throw their toys out the pram, and they'll you know they'll start start writing things all over social media. But <laughs> you know the distinction. Yeah, type yeah. one diabetes is an autoimmune condition yeah. where the immune system has reacted to the beta cells in the pancreas, destroying them, making them function very very poorly. So someone is insulin dependent for life. Mm-hmm. Type two diabetes is where a um, continued wave of uh, poor metabolic environment starts to change things like receptor dynamics and um, cause glucotoxicity in different places, etc., etc. I mean, we can talk about the pathophysiology and uh, etiology of type 2 diabetes later, if you want, yeah. but those are the distinctions. So we've got that out there. We're safe. Yeah. We're, we're safe from the yeah. trolls for today. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah these kinds of things. I've worked with type 2 diabetics in the past where, just with diet and lifestyle, we've managed to turn it around. They've mm. they've gone to the doctor in six months' time, and the doctor has said, "Well, you're no longer diabetic."
0: Mm.
1: You know, it, you see uh, Rong and Chatterjee on when when he did the series uh, Doctor in the House. Yeah. He did it there. Mark Hyman has done has, has documented it quite a lot. It's, it's been really well documented, and yeah. like providing there's no kind of secondary issues like there's no severe neurological damage there's no severe cardiovascular damage diet and lifestyle is the number one intervention i mean yeah you can you can kind of prolong someone's life with metformin but metformin isn't curing the isn't curing the issue if you actually get back to back to the the physiological dysfunction that's occur in the first place and work at that level and then you can start to turn things around so even even though it's a severe problem it is at epidemic proportions in the western world it's one of those things that we can actively yeah do something about ourselves, but it does involve getting off your ass and actually making the effort. It is difficult for people to make these changes. And I fully accept that, that it can be challenging for people to, you know, to, to make big challenges, but that's why we're doing the work that we do so that we can give people like little nuggets of inspiration and just keep, keep edging people towards making better choices. And, um, Thinking a little bit more about their day-to-day wellness and self-care, so they move yeah. towards that end goal. Anyway,
0: yeah, I, I agree. I think I think the first the first thing for me is about awareness. It's a raising it's raising the awareness. Is obviously why I wanted to do this podcast today, really, because it's my you know help at my kind of desire to kind of raise that awareness. And then the yeah. second thing is. It's understanding at a psychological level, I think, and it'd be good to get your thoughts on this because as humans, we do not like change. Okay. So we have evolved in a way which isn't helping our health. Okay. And then, unless you raise awareness, you won't know about it in the first place. But then, secondly, to change it, it kind of comes back to what we're saying before I was recording, you know, particularly on the male side of it. We generally don't like to change unless we're forced to, right? Unless we've got a health issue and now we've got to do something about it, right? So change is tough. But what I would say is that it's absolutely possible, but it's about understanding it's a process, right? So it's not like you're going to go from the diet that you follow today and the lifestyle you follow today and you're going to switch tomorrow morning and it's going to be completely changed. It's not sustainable, right? No, it's not psychologically you won't be able to cope. So it's about putting these one doing these one things each day or each week to kind of change it.
1: Yeah that's what I will say when 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 people say oh, where the hell do I start I will say change one thing. Yeah. Change one thing. Just commit to one goal that you know that you can easily achieve. That could be like ensuring that you're having a good dense side salad every day. It could be swapping your white carbohydrate staples for brown. Mm. It could be okay, I'm not going to snack on chocolate between meals anymore. One thing, one thing, and just repeat it over and over and over and over again for a month or so. And then once that sort of becomes the norm and you're like, you know, I've got this thing nailed, change something else. I mean carry on that behavior, but then add another thing in. Add another thing. Just keep moving the goalposts. Um you know do a Boris. Keep moving the boat with the goalposts. And um (laughs) and whilst it might seem like baby steps, when you look back over six or or twelve months, you realise that you've actually come quite a long way. You've gone through quite a, a meaningful lifestyle change, but it's mm. not been like a, a uncomfortable and, and tumultuous road to get there. It's actually been quite an easy transition because you've done it in in small bite sized pieces. Mm. And then the other thing that I will say to people, and this is one this is oh, one thing that you always find everyone assumes that when they're improving their diet, they've got to be eating like rabbit food and it's getting yep. like dreary and dull and boring yep. or really, really expensive and yep. made out of biodynamic grass fed unicorn <laughs> and wonga wonga berries. And God knows what else yeah. I would say, look who on earth said it's got to be that way. Yeah. The, the thing to do is carry on eating the food that you love. Just make it better. Give your favorites a facelift. That's what I would say. So, you know, if, if you, if you love curry and pizza, Fantastic! I I love curry and pizza, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to catch me (laughs) getting one of these nasty six inch thick white bread pieces of gunk that you get from the, uh, from the, from the takeaways. I mean, unless I'm monumentally drunk, but that's a different story. Um, But I'll make it myself. I'll get like a multi-grain bread mix and then I'll, you know, roll that, that kind of multi-grain seeded bread base out and I'll put spinach and red onion and a little bit of goat's cheese and, loads and loads of veg on there it's the same culinary experience but a completely different nutritional profile there's much more fiber there's much more um like phytonutrient density micronutrient density it's a completely different ball game if you approach it like that then it will be a joy and you'll you'll Mm. be wanting to make better decisions and then also when you start feeling better that I mean, that in itself is the is is one of the greatest motivators, I think, because like when you're all like, actually, I feel re- yeah. I feel really good. I'm sleeping better. I you know, I I I feel happier. I feel um, more comfortable in my own skin. When you start to feel like that, unless you know, unless you're really sadistic, you're not going to want to go back, are you?
0: No, you're not. And I think you know that's the other thing that people maybe are not aware of or don't consider is that that result of getting your nutrition dialed in how much better you do feel all of a sudden it's like somebody's turned on the lights right yeah you've got way more clarity you've got way more energy you want to do more um you you were able to deal with life's challenges better you know there's less stress because you're more measured in your approach so yeah, yeah i mean it's just it is so profound
1: it is. And you know what? I, I, you were talking about psychology. This is another trick that I like to, to use for people that are really struggling to change, that are really coming up against the, those kind of, that kind of internal resistance. And this is a brilliant one for, you know, you know, like you said, um, a lot of men don't want to change unless they have to. Those people yeah. that have been given that real shock, yeah. you know, they've gone to the doctor and they're, and, and they're like, you're two points away from a heart attack. or something like that and they're like bloody hell like they they, all of a sudden they get that shock i always say whatever it is that spurs you to make change i mean for some people one day they look in the mirror and they just they just break down because they they don't recognize the person looking back at them Whatever it is, whatever it is that kind of moves you to think, I've got to change, remember it. And yeah. if it's really bad and really painful, even better. And I'm not, yeah. <laughs> not saying that because I like people to suffer. What I'm saying yeah. is <clears throat> that can be one of your greatest catalysts for change. I want When when you're feeling like that, create something that you can put around the house, like on a post-it yeah. note or on a piece of paper. It could be just a shape. Obviously, you've not got to pour, pour your feelings out and stick it around the house for all and sundry to see. But something, if it's like a circle with a wiggly line in it, whatever, yeah. that means something to you, that when you look at it, you remember that pain, you remember how you felt, you remember how awful you felt in that moment. And yeah. you can make that commitment to yourself. I'm never going to feel like that again. No. And when yeah. you've got those, those little um, visual reminders, those visual cues, and you, you kind of prime yourself that way to, to actually start feeling the pain, because so many of us want to avoid pain yeah you know and and when we're going through a lot of pain we, we we want to we want to hide it you know we we become workaholics we become yep. sex addicts we become alcoholics we become yep. like terrible to live with whatever we 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 run away from feeling those things but sometimes like you know sit you know sitting down staring these things in the face and actually feeling the power of those emotions that are making us unhappy can drive you to change more than anything else. Yeah. Using that to your advantage. I mean like yeah, it's going to it's going to suck ass at first. Yeah. But use that to your advantage. Use that to your advantage to really push you through those often self-inflicted barriers.
0: Yeah, definitely. I t- I totally agree with that and I think that's one thing that you know we, we don't maybe don't consider is is having those visual reminders, mm. having the reason why. And I think some cases Men, particularly are scared you know they're oh, yeah. scared at sitting down and facing what's in front of them, right, yeah, because they're fearful of what's going to happen, whereas you don't it doesn't need to get to that point, just you know just sit down, face it, and you this you know the the actual resolution to your problem is probably way more simpler than what you're making it up to be in your head yeah um, and you don't have to necessarily go down. The, the extreme routes that we get to where you you're sitting in front of a doctor and he's like, well, if you don't do something right now, you're going to be type two, high blood pressure, possible heart attack and all the rest of it. Right. Yeah. So it's, it is that catalyst for change. And the other thing I want to mention is that a lot of, a lot of dads, a lot of men will say that they're doing it for their wife or they're doing it for their family. Yeah. And the other thing what I will say is they actually probably want to do it from themselves. And it's okay to say, do you know what? I want to do this for me.
1: And you know what? That's the thing that that's the thing generally that will lead to lifelong change as well. Mm. I mean, just doing something so you don't get earache indoors isn't yeah. really you know, it's not really the 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 it's not really conducive to lifelong change. I mean, you no. might you might do it for a little while and then you you know yeah. you'll just you'll just lose motivation or get the poor. you know, you fall out over something and then you're like, right, sod you, I'm gonna do that just because yeah. I know it annoys you, whatever. But mm. when you actually when you actually realise that you deserve to live a fantastic life when when you realize that that you know you deserve to be healthy and happy and especially you know for people that are very very family orientated that you know that that really feel like they want to provide and they want to be there and all that it's pretty hard to give out of an empty cup right you know you've you've got to do this stuff for yourself so that you can step into that role yeah definitely you know so if cuz cuz you know for some people that's their motivation with a lot of things in life or mm. if you you know like you say it is it, it's it's okay it's i'll say it's beyond okay i would say it's all right it's like it's mm. it's a necessity yeah it's an absolute necessity to live to the highest co- like of your yeah. capabilities and to not do that is almost to, to spit in the face of the gift of life that you've been given. Mm. Yeah. 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 And, and it is a gift. And like for anyone that's, that's kind of lost anyone that's close to them. Um, you know, I've lost my dad. I lost my best friend. I lost, you know, I went through a lot of loss and yeah. I kind of, re, you know, it makes, it makes you reevaluate things and it makes it you realize that it, it is a gift. yeah, And, you know, to, to be here when, I, when others aren't and particularly others that really wanted to still be here. Yeah. And kind of clung on to the last, you know, the very, very last breath. Um, it changes something, and yeah. you know, it's worth thinking about. I think it you know, is. it's worth it's, it is worth having, you know, just thinking about that. Yeah. And again, it's scary. A lot of a lot of men will 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 sort of balk at those kind of things, or they're like oh, fucking hippie, what you want about there, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or like, poo poo it, or whatever, because the fear is there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, to, to, to actually sit there and, and and accept that you know you're not you're not doing well in a certain area and that you need to make change is pretty tough for some people. Yeah. But the 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 freedom that comes from that. The freedom of actually seeing these things and then committing to make a change and seeing your life change because of these these actions that you're taking with you know whether we're talking about you know diet and lifestyle or whether we're talking about um career or or education or mm. relationships whatever when you actually can can evaluate yourself that openly and honestly. Because if 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 you you know if you BS yourself, then you're just cheating yeah. yourself. You know, you're not you're not hurting anyone else. You're just hurting yourself. When you can when you can be that honest and and really stare into the areas that need to improve, it's it's liberating. Yeah, and you know you, you your life can be barely recognizable when you actually um, take that action and you look back couple in a couple of years time Mm -hmm. and see how different things are and how different your situation is because of the choices that you've made. It's, you know, it's, it's incredibly empowering and incredibly liberating. And uh, yeah, I mean, to quote Tony Robbins, if you're not growing, you're dying. So, you know, that, that kind of forward motion and growth and um, awareness of where we, you know, being able to give yourself a kick up the jacksie and say, right, you, you know, you need to give this some attention is a powerful thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think the, the other the other phrase that I've heard is if you're ripe, you're rot. So if you've got to a stage in your life where you think, oh, I'm good, you know, this is yeah. just the way I am. When I get to 40, I've got the belly, you know, I'm built for comfort, not for speed and all that kind of you, You're kidding yourself, right? Oh, you, mate.
1: You... Yeah, I know. Telling... I'm, I'm, I'm completely opposite. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, 44 this year and I'm like, like obsessed with, like, I don't want a millimeter of a belly. I have botox i've got more skincare than my missus it's just like i'm absolutely gonna do everything i can to be the best that i can all the time and it's but it's so true what you say i know so many people especially people that that you know that they're happily married they've got kids they've got a good job you know they've they've got the you know they've got that that real nice middle class life that Mm. that is is the the kind of ideal that so many people want they get comfortable yeah yeah, like, like you say, I love, I love that phrase, by the way, like, uh, if you're ripe, you rot. Yeah. Um, I, I do like that. People yeah. just get comfortable, and it's like, ah, uh, you know, it's yeah, cushy exactly. now, and then all of, us, all of a sudden, one day, look in the mirror and like, what's happened?
0: Yeah. So the the, the thing around, obviously, metabolic health is is lifestyle and nutrition, right? So yeah. there, there are so many men that claim that they can't cook or they don't understand food or nutrition yeah. or the rest of it. So I think this is a good opportunity for us to kind of dig in to people that are listening that are thinking, now actually I am going to change, but I, you know, I want to be that catalyst for the change. I yeah. want to be the person that takes control of it. Um, and I don't believe all this BS that men shouldn't be in the kitchen. I absolutely love cooking. I love being. Yeah, in
1: tell the- that to Gordon Ramsay or Heston Blumenthal. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> right. So, so you know, if we if we're going to start, and we get, you know, like you and I have just said, you know, change one thing, and we decide, yeah. right, we're going to now, going to, we're going to change our breakfast from our kellogg's and yes kellogg's i'm going to call you out (laughs) cornflakes nonsense that that you put in your bowl every morning yeah and we're going to change it and we're going to have a nutritionally dense breakfast to start the day where Mm. where would where would we start
1: um i mean i i I don't like to be too prescriptive because obviously everyone's tastes different and things like that but my my golden rules and if if you look you look at all the different diets that are out there whether it's like you know paleo diet a vegan diet a raw food diet a um (laughs) you know macrobiotic diet whatever they're all so different from each other but every single one of them is associated with these wonderful transformations in health you see these transformations in every single one of these diets and the real kind of zealots of these 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 diets will you know show you these transformations and tell you all these stories and it's all true but these diets are so drastically different and when at first glance, it might be like, well, what the hell do I do? Because I can't figure out what's the actual path that I should take. There's one unifying factor in every single one of those diets. What do you think that might be?
0: Well, you're just changing from a Western diet, right?
1: They all leave out the crap that's making us sick in the first place. Right. None of the, yeah, none of these diets are telling you to eat, refined white carbohydrates and refined sugar none of them are telling you to eat like highly processed seed oils yeah and trans fats they're not telling you to eat like bucket loads of loads of sodium and heavily processed food that's where the key lies so what i would say is when you're approaching any meal just look at it and and you know there's there's some there's some i mean this it's a little bit hokey using stuff like this but it's really good reminders like if it ran swam grew or flew then eat it everything else leave behind yeah or um real food doesn't contain ingredients real food is ingredients and if you just come at it at that yeah that's that it, it really is that simple i mean of course yeah. there's nuances with regards to you know macronutrient ra- ratios if you're yeah. if you're very very active you're going to need more carbohydrates than someone yeah. that that's like very very sedentary all of those kinds of things but that's you know that's That's later on down the road. Okay. Mm. That's not what we're talking about when we're, when we're talking about people that are right at the beginning of their journey, I would say, don't worry about that yet. You're not there yet. The first thing is, is just get onto the proper food. So every single meal, just build it around whole foods. So great breakfast could be, could be, um, smoked salmon and scrambled eggs on toast it could be um an omelette or a frittata it could be porridge it could be a really really high quality muesli without any sugar added to it with some greek yogurt and berries all of those are great options And all of those tick that that box of of just being built around whole foods Mm. you know a lunch i was i always try to build my lunch around a salad like you know a a great honking salad and you you can have meat fish seafood um cheeses tofu beans whatever you can fit it around your tastes but that kind of phytonutrient density is always a good idea and then in the evening like you're looking at good quality proteins good quality slow burning carbohydrates loads and loads of non-starchy veg just yeah. approach it like that very very simple whole foods focus and everything will fall into place you don't have to worry about kind of pigeonholing in your diet and like you know is it is it keto? Is it paleo? Is it this? Is it that? Yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, there's there's interesting discussions to be had around all of those diets when you're really getting into the weeds and really um, geeking out about nutrition, like like I do. Mm. But for most people, they don't give a monkeys about that. They're like, yeah. I just want to eat better. I just want to live for longer. And I want to feel better in yeah. general um and for those people it's really really simple just build your diet around whole foods build your diet around the kind of food that your great 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 grandparents would would have been eating yeah Yeah. when you go into the supermarket shop around the outside yeah literally fresh fruit and veggies is generally on the left your fresh produce is um is along the back because it's closer to the actual cold storage and then on the right hand side you've got your red wine (laughs) if everyone's happy um but yeah so so but, you know, in, in a serious note, just focus on those yeah. foods in their natural state and don't worry too much at the beginning. Once yeah. you've actually made those changes and once you've actually gravitated towards better patterns of eating then absolutely you can start to to get more into the nuances that are specific to yourself but that really needs to be done with a practitioner don't just try yeah. and figure it out yourself otherwise you, you'll be banging yeah. your head against the wall go and see go and see a nutritional therapist and they yeah. they'll, they'll get you um, get you in check but start with just start eating proper food.
0: Yeah and I think that's the biggest challenge isn't it we love to overcomplicate. Mm you know, what nutrition is. And it doesn't need to be complicated. And I like the fact, you know, just ingredients is... Just the the raw foods. And I and I always say that, you know, if if something's gone through a food process, generally you don't really want to consume it. Yeah. Um, and it's not to demonize supermarkets or the food industry, although we could if we wanted. Um, (laughs) Oh yeah. You know, it's it's a case of they serve a purpose to get it from source to to destination and they have to put stuff in it to make sure it gets there. But you know, it's it's and then and on your point about diets, all the various different diets that are available. The reason that people see such a dramatic impact is like you said, it's because we're cutting out all of the yeah. crap out. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I you know, they all have their benefits and their pluses and their minuses. But like you say, I, I believe I don't subscribe to this model of cutting out food groups from diet. You have to have a balanced diet. And that means mm. all of it doesn't mean refined carbohydrates but it means <laughs> carbohydrates the body yes. needs that for its energy and its muscles so and and the other thing as well and it'd be good to get your thoughts on this is if people assume or kind of tell themselves that they don't have time to cook food from scratch and i think that's bs quite frankly because i believe well i've done, i do it Every 15 yeah. minutes you can create a nutritionally dense meal
1: you can and like you know what even if even if you are pressed for time and it it happens sometimes i bet you've got a little bit of time at the weekend yeah you can batch cook yes batch cooking will save your bacon trust me and it's literally so if you're cooking things like curries stews that kind of stuff cook five six times more than you normally would and then you can get the individual um like little takeaway containers from the supermarket freeze individual portions of it if you know you're gonna have a long day just take one out the freezer in the morning bang it in the fridge then when you get home at the end of a long day take it out warm it through open a bag of salad done
0: yeah exactly yeah Yeah. exactly and there there is no excuse and i think that um it really helps you understand what nutrition is yeah. Funnily enough, when you start cooking from scratch, and you can create some amazing stuff. Like just the simple fact of getting a a a, a fish, meat, or whatever, and then just using a load of herbs and spices, you can create some amazing dishes.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: So it,
1: it, it doesn't have to be complicated. You know, no. that's that's what I I, I try sh- try and show people as often as I can. If you look at a lot of the the recipes that are in my books and stuff, it ain't cordon and blur. It's just no. like really simple super flavorsome, very um, nutrition focused, good food. Yeah, it it doesn't have to be anything complicated.
0: And and what's your thoughts on the way that we eat now? Because I think particularly in the UK, we've become this snacking culture and and we're always accessing food. I mean, before lockdown, everything, you can access food 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I just think we consume too much.
1: Yeah. Um, it's certainly easier to form bad habits these days because so mm-hmm. much is marketed to us, and we've we've always been sold this idea of convenience. We've always we, we're having it drummed into us that our lives are busy, even if they're not. Maybe not that yeah. busy. We're having it drummed into us that we, you know, that, oh, we've got to do that on the hop, got to be on the go, got to do yeah. X, Y, Z. And I think the people that market these kinds of products have played a role in that and they feed into that and they feed into those kind of um insecurities and create a you you know this environment of convenience and that's what we've been that's what we've been sold and also yeah just the way things are positioned in supermarkets you know like when you when you go and if if you go fill your car up you go and pay for your fuel what's right in front of you in the um yeah in in the garage it's it's chocolate yeah yeah, it's yeah. it's done for for that impulse, for that like ooh, you know, like all of these all of these things are being um, are creating an environment that is conducive to forming bad habits, mm. and we have to kind of purposely get ourselves out of that.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think if you look at Europe particularly in like the Swiss countries and things like that, they still follow this model where shops shut at lunchtime and they don't mm. reopen until after they've had lunch. And so their access to food in Spain as well, it's yeah. not so available like we have it here in the UK. So I think we don't need, the gut doesn't need to keep being fed either. You know, no. you need the time to relax and digest like, it, it like does. we do, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. Um, it's it's not a landfill site. <laughs> you know, there's pie and stuff in there. But yeah. you know what? This is another thing. When you actually move it over to a, like a really good whole foods diet, you get less hungry. Yes. Because there's much more fiber, there's much more nutritional density. The hormonal response, you know, things like um, GLP and uh, peptide YY and those kinds of things, these, these hormones that control um, satiety and mm-hmm. appetite, that whole hormonal profile changes drastically when you're eating a whole foods diet than if you're eating refined rubbish. Yeah. So you don't think about food as much because you're not, you're not on the blood sugar roller coaster. Your body's actually yeah. being, <clears throat> being um, nourished in a way that it wants to be. So <laughs> those signals, those constant signals, because you've just been consuming empty calories all day, go away. Yeah. And those kind of things don't really show up. I mean, I, I, I can seriously tell you, I cannot remember the last time I just bought something like, you know, in like the local shop or whatever that was just on a whim, you know, just grabbed yeah. a chocolate bar or something like that. I always I always have two squares of dark chocolate every day with a, right. with a cup of tea about three o'clock. Yeah. Like an orange flavored dark chocolate. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But I, I mean, even I still got like chocolate in the house that people got us at Christmas. Yeah. It's like you know just don't eat much of it because th- what I'm eating is such dense food. I mean, you know I loads of healthy fats and high fiber yeah. plants and stuff like that. You just don't think about things like that
0: no you so don't. you know it's
1: it's it, 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 there's there's lots of sides to it. you have to kind of take that step to um change your habits, mm-hmm. but then also when you when you start eating better it's like a feedback loop you don't get the cravings. As no. much because your 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 body's your body's chemistry is starting to change.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, no, I totally agree with that. The, the, the crave, like the whole thing, is is dieting and craving becomes a non-issue.
1: Yeah, because
0: the body's like you said, the body's got its nutrients it needs, so it doesn't need to, to crave in the end. I think the only caveat that I would say to that again is 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 the psychological element. And I often speak to people that say, "Oh, in the evening, I'm just eight nine o'clock. I just crave." And see, you're not craving; you're bored. Yeah. You know, you're not stimulated. And so your mind's wandering and you're thinking about what's in the cupboard. Oh, I'll go and have that. But I can guarantee you, if you drink some water, or have, uh, you know, or just do something stimulating, yeah. read a book, you wouldn't be hungry.
1: No, no, that's true. That's true. And also, also like, you, you touched on something really important there. You're thinking about what's in the cupboard. If it ain't in the cupboard, it's not going to be on your mind. That's <laughs> yeah. another thing. You just don't, don't, don't buy any of the rubbish, no. don't have it in the house.
0: Yeah, don't have um, it in the um, house. What? I begin to get your thoughts on this as well i believe that if we eat nutrient dense good quality food this whole topic around it being expensive is non-existent again absolutely because you buy less of it
1: right but also it depends where you shop as well i mean look we're, we're just going into series five of eat shop save for itv now i mean i don't know right. whether you've you've seen the show at all yeah but every year we're working with families that want to save money and they're, yep. they're, they're coming into the, the show with the assumption that getting their diet sorted out means they're going to be spending more money and they and they slash their shopping bills in half because mm. it's like it's like okay fair enough if you if you shop at Whole Foods every day yeah then you're going to spend a fortune but you can go to places like Aldi and Lidl and mm. those kind of places and get incredible fresh produce I mean I probably yeah. wouldn't go near any of the, the package stuff there I don't no. eat that much package stuff anyway but um, the fresh produce is great. And it yeah. is priced in accordance to what that type of supermarket is. It's priced very, very reasonably. If you've got a local market, I mean, I remember I did this thing for ITV News back in, wow, this must have been 2013, maybe yeah. maybe before that, um, working with these two girls that lived in the YMCA in Croydon, okay? Right and they're combined between the two of them their weekly budget for food was 15 pounds and they they were they were going to iceland and buying like loads of stuff but they were running out of money right they were running out of food they had no money to have any kind of social life and you know they were they were probably like 19 you know they were they were at the time and they you know that that social interaction is really really important their lives were just really really miserable And um, so they they reached out to this this segment on ITV news and said like you know what can you do to help us but also to help other people that are in a similar position We'd like to put ourselves forward to see if there's anything we can do to help others as well yeah. And um, so I, ITV sent me in we got a camera crew and all the rest of it and I sat down with them and I don't know if you know Croydon particularly well, but yeah. there's a massive market right in the middle of it I said, how much stuff? How much of your of your uh, food do you get from the market each week? Do you know what the answer was? What market? <laughs> and, and it's just like, right, okay, this is where you've got to start. Look at what's in your local area. Is there a, is there a farm shop? Is there a weekly market? I mean, in central London. I mean, I, I live in Cambridge, and uh, you know, with with in, in Cambridge city centre, there's a daily market, and then in the the small town that I'm in, um, there's a weekly market. Yeah. Um, but somewhere like central London every single day you've got market sellers on the yeah. side of the street you can buy fruit and veg on oxford street on like you know from yeah. a market seller and you can buy like four carrier bags full of stuff and you'd struggle to spend a tenner yeah you know because this stuff is so so well priced so you've you've got to use your loaf a little bit when when you start to buy Produce yeah. I and mean, yeah, if you go to the real high-end places, expect to spend a lot of money. It's yeah, well, well exactly. duh. Um, but if you look at what's in your area, you can you can really end up saving a lot because yeah. trust me, the 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 crap in the packet because of the amount of because those companies have got to make a lot more profit because of all the work that's gone into creating something like that will be more expensive than good fresh produce every single time.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think the other point you know it comes back <laughs> to your batch cooking. Uh, comment you know if you go to a market and you buy you know on a Saturday or a Wednesday we have a market here you buy a load of fresh fruit and veg you can batch cook a yep. massive load of
1: food that's exactly that. what we did we, that's what we did on that program we uh, made a, a spinach and sweet potato curry that works out 62 pence a portion wow. and they we made like a big vat of it and f- they froze all those portions and for the first time they didn't run out of food they had money in their pocket yeah. and they could actually live a little bit more
0: Crazy, isn't it? Just it going is. back to basics, like yeah. you said about, you know, our grandparents and people like yeah. that, you know, just take some of the, you know, it's all very, I'm all for evolution and progression, but sometimes going back to basics just really pays dividends.
1: It does. It does yeah. massively.
0: Cool. So if we, if we've got people listening to this, they like what we've been saying today and, you know, they're at that stage in their lives where they really, they haven't had a health scare or they're perhaps, you know, think looking at themselves thinking I need to change something here. Yeah. What would be your top five tips then, Dale, that you could give somebody?
1: Top five tips. First first thing, like, you know, we discussed it before, change one thing at a time. Don't try and do everything overnight. Yeah. Yeah, because unless unless you're like one of those people that's really wired that way, that's, you know, obsessed with a challenge and all of that yeah. kind of stuff, the likelihood is you'll fall flat on your face if you try and do too much too soon because yep. it is such a drastic shift and those kind of mental triggers and you know emotional relationships with food and all of that kind of stuff is very very real and that will come up and bite you in the bum if you if you don't kind of do it slowly and in a sustained way so that's number one. Second thing is don't don't self-flagellate don't kind of feel that you need to to just be eating boring rubbish no. make sure you're enjoying your food if you're not enjoying your food, you're not going to stick to any kind of diet plan. Right. You know, the best diet is the one that you'll stick to. And if you're building it around whole foods, and you're, you know, like I said before, giving your favourites a facelift, reinventing the food that you already love, then it's gonna it's it's gonna be plain sailing, right? Yeah. Um. Third one, swap your white for brown. Now, I I am quite a proponent of a lower carbohydrate diet, particularly for 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 men our age. We unless you're very very active. Yeah. Um. You don't need a huge amount of carbohydrate, but then if you cut the carbs completely, eventually you'll start to elevate cortisol and your testosterone levels will drop. You know, right. No one wants to be grumpy with a shrunken Duncan, okay? <laughs> so you've got to get your carbs in, but the right quality ones. Yeah, um, I would go for things like a good multi-grain bread, so instead of the cheap white stuff, sweet potatoes, especially the purple mm. ones um bit of brown rice some pulses things like that but just in smaller portions but the the, the key message is swap the white for the brown yeah. ditch the refined ones white bread white rice white pasta that kind of stuff you know do look at kind of reigning in the portions of those and and build your diet more around good quality proteins healthy fats non-starchy vegetables but do make sure there's a little bit of carbohydrate in there otherwise you yeah. you know and which i which i did to myself i actually put myself in the right pickle <laughs> from um going too low too low carb. i use myself as a guinea pig all the time yeah um going too low carb and i was trying to do p90x and um a 12k walk every day <laughs> with zero carbs and i you know i just i just went into full adrenal burnout it was yeah. it was it was very fun not um so yeah that's that's the third one um fourth one every meal think where's my protein Okay, and that's not and that's not about like, you know, you've got to have this much protein for muscle. It's for the metabolic impact. Right. And it's not it's not talking about like protein deficiency or protein from a fitness point of view or anything like that. It's about the metabolic impact of each meal. When you sit down at each meal, make sure you've got the really good slow burning carbohydrate. As many non-starchy vegetables or the green leafy varieties as you could possibly cram in you. Mm-hmm. And a good quality protein. When you assemble a meal like that, and that protein, that could be that could be meat and fish, it could be a bit of cheese, it could be tofu, it could be tempeh, it does, you know, you don't have to be eating steak yeah. every day. Um, when you combine <clears throat> when you when, when you create a meal like that, with that kind of combination, there's much more fiber. And it takes much longer to digest because it takes longer to digest, it takes longer to liberate the glucose from it. And that means that your blood sugar is drip fed rather than carpet bond. Why is that important? Right? We've got a couple of minutes to maybe go down the rabbit hole. Like, Let's yeah. go into a little bit of the science. Blood sugar, ba- blood sugar balance is the thing that creates poor metabolic health. Right. Okay, when you eat something, if you if you eat, say a um, like a massive bowl of pasta, like just massive bowl of white pasta with with a regular smart sauce, because that takes very little di- digestive effort to liberate that gl- glucose, your blood sugar will rise very very high, very very quickly. Yeah. Now. Your body responds to that by releasing the hormone insulin. Insulin binds to an insulin receptor, opens a doorway on the cell called a glucose transporter. It's telling the cell, look, there's there's additional glucose. Put it to use. Put it to use to make ATP, adenosine triphosphate, which is the um, energy currency that our cells run on. All well and good, but cells have a cutoff point.
0: Yeah.
1: Now they can only take in so much glucose in one sitting. Otherwise, they run the risk of glucotoxicity, which can um, cause oxidative damage to genetic material. So once they're full, once the cells are full, they close the door. If the doors close and blood sugar is still really, really high, it still has to be dealt with. So the next thing that happens is that you start to store a little bit in the form of glycogen, which is like a, a storage form of glucose, but we don't store much. Store a little bit in the skeletal muscle and in the liver. If blood glucose is still high, which it will be from that kind of food, um, then it still has to be dealt with. The next thing that happens, because the cells are full, the glycogen stores are full, it gets sent to the liver and converted over into something called triacylglycerol, otherwise known as triglycerides. Those triglycerides are a storage form of energy. This stuff is hardwired into our genetics. If you think about when we were... You know, wandering around the Serengeti and um, or in times of feast and famine, times when we had abundant food and other times maybe seasonally where there was food was very, very scarce. We are built to survive. We are survival machines. That's what that's what makes human beings so wonderful. We can adapt to survival and this stuff is wired into us. It, there's a reason that we crave the sweet foods and those kinds of things. And naturally when we were hunter gatherers, we would cr- crave tubers and berries and those kinds of things yeah. with their sugar content, because yes, they give you that instant energy, but also once you once you've got that heavy sugar load, that, tri, that, that triacylglycerol, those triglycerides that get manufactured are then stored in the adipose tissue. Okay. Right. So it's a storage form, but several things start to happen. Obviously, those, those triglycerides, they have to get to the adipose tissue via the circulation. So what happens? Your cholesterol goes up, particularly LDL cholesterol, particularly small, del- small dense LDL particles, which are much more atherogenic, and your triglycerides go up. They can oxidize whilst they're in the circulatory system and cause damage to the cardiovascular system, cause damage to the blood vessel walls, and that sets the whole cascade for atheromatous plaques to form. Um, and then when they do finally get to where they're going they fill their fat cells up now you can start to see how all of these things are linked together right if you're eating in a way that is constantly and the thing is we're not we're not about vilifying individual foods it's not saying if you eat white pasta once in a while you're going to drop dead of a heart attack you're not at all the point is patterns of consumption is what creates the issue okay so a lot of people might have um, a bowl of cereal and a slice of toast for breakfast they might have sandwich and a packet of crisps for lunch they might have pasta or potatoes or whatever in the evening not vilifying any individual one of those foods but that pattern of consumption that much refined carbohydrate is pushing blood sugar up beyond the level that it can adequately deal with so you're constantly forcing these metabolic events to occur and if this is happening day in, day out, day in, day out, that's what's destroying your metabolic health. And also, if your blood sugar keeps going up and you keep getting these insulin spikes, eventually the insulin receptor, it'll be like the boy that cries wolf. The insulin receptor will be like, hang on, I think insulin's lost its shit. I don't know what's, don't know what's going on. There's no way that, that we yeah. need that much insulin, so I'm going to ignore it the receptors become deaf to the insulin signal. And that's when you move into insulin resistance. And then that that takes even longer for blood sugar to be dealt with. And that's when you start to get glucotoxicity to the pancreas. And that's when you move into the zones of type two diabetes. So poor blood sugar control can increase your risk of cardiovascular disease. It can make you put on weight, particularly in around the abdomen, and it increases your risk of type 2 diabetes. All of these things that are the signs of poor metabolic health. But something as simple as, one, reining your, your, your carbohydrates in a little bit and favoring protein, healthy fats, and non-starchy vegetables over excessive amounts of carbohydrates, and opting for the very high-fiber varieties – always making sure there's good quality carbs, protein, and non-starchy veg at each meal. You're completely changing that entire response. Because these things take take much longer to digest, there's much more fiber there. It takes longer to liberate that energy, which means that the blood sugar is just drip-fed in little bits rather than that massive great tsunami that comes in from the things that take no digestive effort at all. And that whole response is beautiful. You just get a gentle rise in insulin. Those doorways open, that glucose will go in, be turned into ATP, and you'll find from a, from from one level, you'll find that your energy levels are just more even. Yes. and you're, you're more balanced throughout the day. But what's happening at a metabolic level is profound. You're reducing your risk of so many things just by making that small change. Okay. Um, and another thing, when, when insulin is really, really high, the, um, the fat stays locked in there. Right. It's only when insulin comes right down, i.e. Like, it, it, we had times of feast or famine during the famine, eventually insulin starts to go down, that the, the adipocytes open up and the triglycerides can be uh, released and turned into ketone bodies, which is um, another energy source the body can use to make ATP. So there we go. Was that was that number four? I think it was number four. Yeah. Uh, then then number five. What do I say about number five? I think really just consistency. You know, what? Yeah. You, you, don't think that, you know, if, if you have one night out or if, if, you, if you have a takeaway once a week or whatever, then it's going to undo all the good work. You can't undo all the good work. Your health outcomes are the result of what you do with the most consistency. So if it's takeaways every night yeah. and you're shit-faced every night, yeah. then that's where you're going you, to head up in one direction. If, you know, five days a week you're eating really, really healthy and you're really, really active and you just chill out a little bit at the weekend – then you're going to be ended up in a very different place. You know, you're going to have much better health outcomes and that was much better for your mental health as well. So, you know, if, if you're too obsessive with it and I've been there in the early days of, of being into this, I did almost get to that kind of orthorexic point where I was just so obsessed with with everything and how healthy everything was that, you know, Trust me, like nobody wanted to go out for dinner with me or whatever. Um, and it was just like, will you shut up? Um, <laughs> yeah. But, for, but for, for the mental health, it's not, it's not that great. And I'm much more relaxed about it now. Um, it's, it's better there. It's, it's more sustainable. It's easy to do that. And you know what? Life is for living as well. And, exactly. and there is a lot of joy in chilling out with a takeaway and binging on a box set there's you know there's there's, although I think everyone's fed up of watching bloody box sets at the minute (laughs) because they have been locked indoors um but you know what I mean it's it's good to have that balance you know you have to feed the soul as well and you have to nourish the soul as well and if you neglect that in the name of moving towards better health then you've completely missed the point
0: yeah definitely I know I completely agree on your last point because you know whole communities are built on sharing food and you know having that community yeah. connection which we don't have right now so yeah I definitely agree with having a bit of balance I have been exactly where you are my kids have moaned at me because we spent two hours going around the supermarket because I read
1: really
0: <laughs> like can you just finish what you're doing and get yeah, out yeah, but, yeah. yeah it's uh, yeah so it can I think men also can get really obsessive around it when you, you when you get we're really detail
1: driven that's that's how we're wired mm.
0: yeah so, no, that's amazing. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast again today. No so what's happening with you right now? What have you got going on book-wise so, and all that kind of uh, stuff?
1: There, there, is, there is another book later in the year, but the, the main thing that I'm doing at the minute is I, I about coming up two years, well, it would be two years in June, I set up an online nutrition school, mm-hmm. and it's become um, the most highly accredited online nutrition school in the world. Wow. Yeah, so it's got more international it's got international accreditation so it's not just accredited in the uk it's accredited in australia new zealand south africa america canada most of asia most of the eu it's you know you can use this qualification pretty much everywhere um and yeah it's it's basically for people that really want to study nutrition to a high level but don't necessarily want to do a degree or they don't necessarily want to be a nutrition practitioner they just want to use nutrition in their business so we've got a lot of health coaches lots of personal trainers quite a lot of doctors actually um and healthcare professionals that are doing it because they want to add on the the nutrition as that that little um you know a key part of what they're doing but don't necessarily want to do the full like four years at university and yeah it's it's Growing to an incredible rate, there's, there's students on every continent. I think the only only continent I haven't got a student on is uh, Antarctica, but I'm working on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's great. It's it's just a really great community of students, and seeing how they're actually using the quali- the qualification. You know, like there's someone just sent me a really excited email a couple of days ago that they're they're now doing stuff with. I think it's like um, Sheffield City Council um, about doing workshops for kids when when lockdown's over right? like actually building um healthy eating workshops for kids and stuff like that and it's like how incredible is that for yeah, you know for, to, to be able to give people the tools where they can do that they can they they can make a good living and they can help transform the lives of others at the same time so that's been really cool um what else and yeah i'm just, just working on a new course that i'm gonna be um launching later this year so i've just been sort of sat in that that, that little chair behind me with all my lighting <laughs> on talking to camera day in day out creating the content for that and yeah just just ticking along and trying awesome. to uh, trying to stay focused but then also enjoying a bit of the downtime as well i mean it was, it was good like in the summer i could go fishing i you know? yeah. just spent spent like you know days in a bivvy but like it's uh <laughs> at the minute we can't even do that but trying to trying to enjoy some of the downtime as well and not i don't know about you right but i always feel guilty when i'm rested yeah yeah and especially when you run a business and especially when you know and trust me when when a business starts getting successful there's a lot of fires to fight. There's a lot yeah. of stuff to manage day in day out, and I always feel like I have to be doing something. Yeah, yeah. And if I'm sitting there like watching the TV, I'm like, you could be creating that. You could be writing <laughs> writing this article. You could be doing this. You could be doing me, me, me. It's been drummed into us, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm actually One of the things that I'm trying to focus on is like having down days. Yeah. Like that's exactly what I'm going to do for the rest of the day. I am going to do. Bugger all today. Yeah, and and literally just like you know the proper Mickey Flanagan (laughs) bugger all. Just like just just sit on just sit on the sofa and watch a bit of TV and just recharge the batteries because I've spent all week sat at this desk, um, creating content, writing, doing all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's 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 the rest of my uh, day. yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I completely agree. it's the downtime? I had a day off in the week and like. You, you're supposed to be spending it with the kids i'm sitting down thinking right i could be reading a book now like, hang on a minute just back off a bit you know yeah,
1: exactly. spend time
0: with the kids so, Yeah, yeah yeah, no, yeah i completely resonate but yeah thanks very much for coming on hey, again thanks today. for having so, me um if people want to check you out on instagram website the culinary medicine course
1: yeah so um instagram it's just the medicinal chef uh, website dalepinnock.com dot and the course. Excuse me, the course is if you if you just look for the Culinary Medicine College, or if you go onto my website or onto my Instagram, there's links to the pages for the, the the course on there anyway. So you'll be you'll be able to find it through any of my channels.
0: Good stuff. All right, Dale. Thanks very much for coming on again, and uh, look forward to speaking to you again soon.
1: Excellent. Speak to you soon. Yes.
0: Thanks for listening to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode. Please hit subscribe and I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes and a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com.